Got a, a, a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us. Today's daf is daf chav beis. We did not finish daf chav alaf amud beis. However, uh, we hope to complete yesterday's daf and today's whole daf. Um, remember, Rabiel, we have till six fifty-five this week. We have till six fifty-five. <laughs> Ten minutes before mincha. I'm looking at the clock. Here we go. We're up to shalach le Rev Mesharshia mitonyosa le Rev Papi. All right, this is towards the bottom. Of Chafal of Amud Beis, about ten lines. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven lines from the bottom of the Amud. Okay. Reb Misharshia of Tanusia sent a question searching for information to Reb Papi. Yilam Denu Rabbeinu, our Rebbe, please teach us. Eishes Achi Avi Av. When it comes to the wife. Of your great uncle, your father's father's brother, the Achois Aviav, and the and the sister of your father's father, your great aunt Mahu. What is the halacha? Are these also uh, are these relationships also rabbinically prohibited as Shneos la Arias, a secondary Arias? Now, what is the Shaila? Why is this unique? Says the Gemara. Midelamata erva. Previously, uh, you know what the way we learned yesterday. Things that are beneath his generation, we say, are considered arayis. Lemalanami gozruba serabona make exera as well as two generations above. Idoma ha is palik derasa. Or maybe we say, listen, that type of relationship is too far away for a concern, and therefore the rabbanon would not have made a decree to forbid that as shnios la arayis. Sir Papi says Toshma. Come and listen. Mahain Shneos, what are considered Shneos la Arias? What is considered secondary Arias? And we gave a whole list. What are they? We didn't include these two types of great ants. Hence, he says, listen, whatever's on the list is going to be a part of the decree of the Rabbanon. Whatever's not on the list is not included in the decree. Says the Gora, it's not always true. Sometimes you give a list. And uh, and you leave a few things off, even though you could have. Ton of Ishayers, says the Gemara. Maybe we learned some things and left other things out. Says the Gemara, well, well uh, here's a, an important rule. In order to say that even when you make a list, you left stuff off, you don't just leave one thing off. For example, if I have a list of eight, and I left the one thing off list, you know what? <laughs> I couldn't write the ninth. It's like, hello? Seriously? No. <laughs> if you wrote eight, you could have wrote nine. If you find more than one thing that's left out, okay, I understand. Right? I understand. Okay, now you maybe left out two already. Maybe that there's a smara there. There's a logic there that we would have been ton of a shire. So says, my shire, the high shire. What other case would have been left, uh, would have been left out besides for these two cases of the great aunt through marriage? Says the Gemara, Shire Shneis Debei Rabbi That's including the Shneis, the Arayas of Rabbi Chia, which Bez Hashem we are going to get to very soon. The, but bottom line is, there are additional cases as well, that were not listed, that could be listed. Now here's the whole chop, you ready? Since these cases could have been listed, you have no proof that these two types of great ants are mutter. Maybe they're taka usr, and they're considered shniya isla arayas, but we just didn't, we, we didn't write it. Because there's other cases of rabchia, and we'll wait very soon, we'll see, uh, we'll see what exactly those cases are. Okay. Amemar, ikshar be'ishachi avi oviv. Amemar, however, says that the your great aunt through marriage, the wife of your father's father's brother, is actually um, 
is actually ichsher, is actually kosher. Kosher means fit, kosher means proper, she's okay. Uba'achis avi aviv. And also, your regular great aunt, you're the sister of your father's father. So your, your grandfather's sister, your great aunt. One second. I once saw Marbe Dirabana give a whole a whole uh, long election, a whole explanation of who's considered a Shniyas Larayas, Uksivan Shisri the Isura. And he wrote down sixteen cases that are Usr. My love to money demisnosa. Now, um my love is a not to money demasnisa. So we're gonna assume it was eight that were listed on today's daf, now really yesterday's daf, but this daf, daf chaf alef, the eight that we listed in the Mishnah, okay, now what are the other uh, eight, right, there were 16 on the list, so eight, uh, I'm sorry, shis, uh, yeah, eight, on, eight from our Mishnah, vishis debe rebichia, six is going to be from rebichia, which we're going to see soon, what his list is again, vahanoch tarti, and these two great aunts, okay, through marriage, ha shitsuri, therefore you have 16, so very clearly, in order to have a list of 16, it includes these two ladies, these two great aunts through marriage. It must be. They are considered Shniyos La'arayas. So why did you say they're mutter? Why did you say that it is permitted? Says the Gemara of Ashi, says back to Rav Hillel, one second. But according to your reasoning, Rav Hillel, you should have 17, uh, I'm sorry, Mar Breder Avona should have had 17 on his list. Ta'ika eshas minha'im. Because if you're going to tell me that a great aunt on your father's side that's married and is going to be forbidden, we should also include the great aunt from your mother's side. Your mother's, um, your mother's mother's brother's wife. Get that? Your mother's mother, your grandmother's brother, your, he's your uncle, and now his wife. So his great, your great aunt, because she married your great uncle to Pashtina and Le'isura. That also is going to be included in this. Or she's your great aunt. That should be on the list according to your logic. Kasha. We're going to say, no, there's no question. Now we turn to today's daf. Why? Because Hanach, Tarti, these two situations uh, of our original case, okay, again, on your father's side. So it was your father's, your, your father's aunt because she married your father's uncle your great aunt through marriage, or your father's father's sister, so she's your great aunt blood-wise, the Damyon Lahadadi, they are similar to each other. Why? Because they're both your aunt on your father's side. They're both your paternal aunts. Now, one's a paternal aunt because she's actually your grandfather's sister, your great aunt, because one, she's actually your grandfather's sister. Another one's your great aunt because she's your grandfather's brother's wife. She was married to your great uncle, okay? So they were kechada chashiv lehu. That's all considered one shniya l'arayas. Okay? It's a great aunt on your father's side. But bottom line is, says Ravil, according to me, I saw that, uh, that uh, there were 16 cases that were written down. I, what about the 17? Okay, so you, two cases, uh, two situations that you consider to be uh, two cases, I actually consider it to be one case because they're both great aunts paternally. Amalei, Ravashi says back to him, one second, according to your svara, if, if uh, it, these, case, these two cases 
of the great entering your father's house would have been written Latera, my Havasamchasalayu, would you have relied on the list to Mar Bredravona? Because Mar Bredravona says, Mi Chosim Alayu, did he he made a list? Ravash asking a basic question. Listen, you saw Mar Bredravona's list of who's considered a Shniya Slarayas, who's considered rabbinically forbidden. He says, Maybe he was just making a list. Do you know that he was making a list and paskening like that? You don't know for sure. He's writing, he's writing that. Hashtanami dechsev lisura. So to over here, we'll say maybe it's written lisura. Lav mar bre dravina chosim We'll say maybe mar bre dravina did not. Chosim uh, literally means he, he stamped it, he signed it. Since he, actually, since he did not actually do that, even if there's a case written there, it doesn't necessarily prove that Amemar's original psak of hetera, of, of permitting your great answer on your father's side, is actually wrong. All right, bottom line is, <laughs> we had a kash on Amemar about, uh, you know, Amemar said these two great ants are okay. And we had a question on him, I, what about Marbar Ravana's list? There it says, he never really signed on that list, never put a stamp on it. Hence, maybe Hitaka would agree it's permitted, doesn't, he doesn't necessarily hold it's forbidden. Okay. Now, we said there's 16 cases of Shneos La'arayas that were on Marbrei Dravana's list. What were the 16 cases? Eight from our Mishnah on Dav Chafalov. Six from Rebchia. Up to 14. And two of the great ants on your father's side. Okay, so 14, 60, beautiful. Says the Gemara. What are the six cases of Rebchia? Okay, remember we said we're going to wait. Here's the case, here we go. Tony Dabir Rebchia. They taught in the... Yeshiva of Rebchia, Shlishi Shebebnoi. Listen closely over here. We're now going to be working through numbered generations. Okay? So here we go. Three generations on your son's side. That's what it means. A Shniela Arias, a secondary Arias, means a third generation from your son's, from your son's side. Here we go. Listen closely. This is quite simple. You have a great-grandfather. He has a son, who's now the grandfather, who has a son, who's the father, who has a daughter. This girl, her great-grandfather is forbidden to her rabbinically. She's the third generation from the guy. Now keep, keep in mind, this is very important to, to, to keep this in mind. You'll see why soon, the math. We're not including... The great-grandfather as a numbered generation. He's not number one. It's him, and then there's three generations. There's his son, grandson, and then that grandson has a daughter. So the daughter is the third generation from the great-grandfather. That's a Shniel Arias. That is also Midrabanan. Clear? Your son's son's daughter, your great-granddaughter, is a Shniel Arias. Okay. Vishabibitai, or three generations through your daughter. So here you go. The great grandfather has a daughter who has a son who has a daughter. Three generations removed. It wasn't son, son's daughter, it was it was daughter, son's daughter. Okay. Vishabiben ishtai, vishabibas ishtai. And also if they're not direct descendants of you, but if they are stepchildren of you because you're married to their grandmother. So your wife's son, and then move down generations, 
or your wife's daughter. Okay, so this is, again, if you're moving down three generations, this means your wife's daughter had a son who had a daughter. So this is your, your wife's great-granddaughter. Your wife's great-granddaughter also, um, uh, also is, uh, is forbidden. Okay, that's beben ishtoi, v'shebebas ishtoi. This, through the son of your wife or through the daughter of your wife. So these cases are, says the Gemara, Shnia. These are all Shnia La'arayas. Now here we go, ready? All those things moved down in generations from me to my, let's take one example, to my son, to my grandson, to my great-granddaughter. Okay? We're moving down. Here we go. And a fourth generation, we're now moving up. You ready? We're now moving up of my father-in-law's mother and my mother-in-law's mother as well, or grandmother moved all the way up. Shnia, that is also secondary arise. Now let's explain what these cases are. Amalei Ravina Ravashi. Avina says, Ravashi, a basic question. Says Gabar, a very geschmack, like this. What's four generations moving up? See, here we go. My wife, we're dealing with mother in laws now, okay? That was the case. So that means mother in laws, I'm working through my wife. So my wife's mother, her mother, her mother. My wife's mother, my wife's grandmother, and my wife's great-grandmother. Our, my wife's great-grandmother is Shnia Larayas. Midrabanan, Shnia Larayas, usher to marry your wife's great-grandmother. Now this is fascinating, because here's just as far as numbering things, this is interesting. Because listen closely, when we move down in generations, what was the third generation down not including the great-grandfather. We said, what's the three generations? Your son, the grandson, great-granddaughter. That's three generations. Now we're moving up and we're saying four generations. What are the four generations? My wife, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law, my great-grandmother-in-law. Why am I including the wife as fourth generation if by me, I didn't count as the number three. We didn't say four generations from you to your great-granddaughter. No, we said three generations down. But interestingly, when we move up, we're counting the wife, this generation, as generation number four. Is this clear? Is this clear? Do we need to repeat this? Again, we want to know the generation that we're focusing on. We said three generations down. Son, grandson, great-granddaughter. But then when we go up, we don't say, oh, three generations, mom, grandma, great-grandma. We don't say that. We say four generations, wife, mama, great-grandma, uh, and great-grandma. Why? Basic question, why in one place you're counting three, why four? What's the reason when you're moving up? We count the wife to the number four. Why we're moving down? We don't consider that generation itself part of the numbering. We just call it three generations. It says the Gemara, when you're going up these, where the whole reason why you're, it's a prohibition to marry your mother-in-law, great-grandmother-in-law, great-grandmother-in-law is due to your wife. So we count them because we're talking about the guy himself, the husband himself. Who's he forbidden to? 
So you have to count your wife. Because your wife is a different body than you. Even though it's like a goofy. But it's, a, her, it's her fault that you're forbidden to her mother, her grandmother, and her great-grandmother. So therefore we count her. Okay? However, the mata, when it goes to going down in generations, why are you forbidden? Is it having to do with your wife? No. The isura See, the reason why you can't have relations and why you're a shnia larayas to your great-granddaughter has nothing to do with your wife. It's yourself. So like a chashivla, we don't need to count your wife as part of the four generations. Says the Gemara about ben What about the cases of stepsons and, I'm sorry, your, stepson, your, your stepson's son's daughter? Meaning, your great-granddaughter from your wife also was one of the cases, and that's because your wife, that's your wife's fault, so we should count it as generation number four. The Isura Mikayachishle, the whole transgression coming through your wife, and we still don't count her as generation number four, we still give the number three, even though it is your wife's fault. Says the Gemara, oh, it's about time something's the wife's fault. Okay. Says the Gemara, no. Once, we went three generations down on his own great-granddaughter, and we used the number three, so, so when we were counting down, we were counting three generations from him, because he doesn't count. You can't blame on anybody. It's your son's son's daughter. Okay? So once we count three generations down, we say, you know what? We're also, whenever you're moving down, even with your stepchildren, also three generations. But then, when we're shifting to moving up, since your wife, Taka, is involved in that prohibition, we're going to count his wife as generation number four. Again, that conversation merely had to do with why, when moving down, do we use the number three, and moving up, do we use the number four? It's not a conversation about what Lemaisa the halacha is. Okay. Now, here's the question. Let's take a step back. Are you allowed to marry your great-great-granddaughter? Your great, 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 great mother-in-law. Now we'd be like, listen, how's it possible? Now we don't tire us forever. I want to tell you something fast. You want to hear a fascinating thing? It's beautiful. It has to do with our parshias. Who built the Mishkan? Betzalel. How old was Betzalel when he built the Mishkan? Famously, he was 13 years old. Betzalel was 13 years old when he led the construction of the Mishkan. Who was Betzalel's father? Uri. Betzalel ben Uri. Who was Betzalel's great-grandfather? Chor. Who was Chor's father? Kalev. Okay? Chor was Aaron's nephew. Kalev was married to Miriam. Okay? So Betzalel's great-grandfather was Kalev. Who was Kalev? He was one of the Meraglim who stayed kosher, right? When the 12 spies in the second year went out to scout out the land of Israel, land of Eretz Yisrael, so 12 spies went and two remained tzaddikim, Yoshua and Kalev. The Pasuk in Divrei Hayamim, listen to this, is amazing. The Pasuk in Divrei Hayamim tells us that Kalev was 40 years old when he spied out the land which was only really less than a year off from when Betzalel built the Mishkan. So think about it. Betzalel's 13 years old. His Altazeda, his great-grandfather, was 40. It is? It's amazing. There was a 27-year gap 
between great-grandfather and great-grandson. 27 years. Are you going to say, how's it shaykh? How's it possible? There's a Gemara in Sanhedrin. The Gemara tells us that in the Midbar, the Dara Midbar, they were, they were having children at age eight. They had a different Mitzias. They lived in a miraculous Mitzias, the miraculous time. And in Mitzrayim, we know the same thing held true as well. So they're already, they were six, seven, eight years old. They're already married, having children, and all these things. So now, using the number eight, all you need is the 24-year gap. Here's 27 years. It's shocking that it took so long, right? <laughs> but, no, it was, you know, for us in our society, you'd be like, oh, but Lamaisi, you see, there's times where it's, listen, it's applicable. It's, right? So the, the Gemara now is going to get into a fascinating conversation, which is, um, which is, until when? Like, how far does it go? Are you ushered to your great, 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 Grandmother in law, okay, or great great grandmother. Here we go. When Rebchia says his list of six, your great grandmother in law, right? Or, um, your great granddaughter. Does it stop then? Or does it keep going for all generations? There's only four Arias that have Hefsik and the rest do not. Okay, so therefore, Rebchia's cases actually keep going. Says Gemara, maybe Doma Kika Omar Rav. What did Rav say? That there's only four cases that stop. Lahi Masnis. He's only talking about four cases that are listed in that Mishnah, but elsewhere it does not. It, it does, uh, you know, it doesn't. Says Gemara, no Toshma. Shlishi Ravi. Talking about three generations and four generations. Shlishi Ravi. In only the third and fourth generation is going to be Usher Tfeila. Rabbi did not say that anything further than third and fourth generation is going to be forbidden, meaning your great 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 grandmother in law. Your great great Grandmother-in-law is actually not a Shni Arayas. She's permitted. Says the Gemara, no. Doma, perhaps, Mishlishi Ve'ilach, Merevi'ilach. Doesn't mean literally the third and fourth generation, and then it stops. Maybe it means the third and onward, and the fourth and onward. Bottom line is, we don't know. We don't know. When Rebchia says it goes to the third generation down, fourth generation up, does it keep going? Answer is, we don't have a proof either way. Okay. Period. We're now going to completely shift and get into a beautiful Gemara until the Mishnah. That's going to open up a mind-blowing conversation. We're going to have to, unfortunately, we're going to have to move along here. We've got to finish it off. But listen to this. You've got to hear the Shaila. It's beautiful. Mom is beautiful. What happens when a non-Jew converts? We know there's something called, they're a katan shenolad. They could be 118 years old. They are now considered a baby that's now been born. They're not related to anything else. Listen to this. You ready? You have somebody who converts. Somebody converts. Let me ask you a question away from Yibam. A, a man converts and his sister converts. You hear this? Yeah. Can they marry each other? Are they Arias? Ooh. They're not related. La halacha, they're not related. You're not brother and sister. You're not going to sit shiva over each other. Are you allowed to marry each other? Fascinating. Okay? This is going to get into, and then it touches into Yibum as well, as we're going to see. So here we go. Have you seen these Rabbanon, these Yeshiva guys that come from Eretz Yisrael, and they said, we came, uh, it was asked in Eretz Yisrael, this Shniel Arayas, does it apply to Gerim? Does it apply to converts? Okay. 
or not? Does this halacha apply to him or not? Seder, in other words, my great-grandmother, a ger converts and his great-grandmother converts. Is that a problem? Amar he says to him, Hashta Uma Erva Gufa and Erva herself Ilav Shla Yemir. If not, if not for people saying Ba'an Mikdusha Chamor Lekdusha Kalo Legazbera Ba'an Shnias Mi Ba'it. Do you have to talk about Shnias? Listen to his answer. He says, "Amazing." He says, "Let me tell you something. If you have a man who converts to Judaism and his sister converts to Judaism, really they should be allowed to totally marry each other. There's no problem whatsoever. However, the Rabbanon make a gzera." What's the gzera? The Rabbana say like this. We're not going to allow these two gerim to marry each other. You know why? Because people are going to say, before they converted, it was a Noahide transgression. It's one of Shemesh Benayach. Incest. Giliarayas. Adultery. You're not allowed to. Now that you become Jewish, you raise your level of holiness. Now you're allowed to marry her. That, that doesn't sit well with us. And therefore, the Rabbana make a gzera, they make a decree, and they say, listen, if you're actually brother and sister, then you can't do it. He says, however, let's say it's just a shniyas arayas. Let's say it's not a real arayas. It's a secondary arayas. He says, he says, listen, certainly it's allowed. Because even your real sister would have been allowed if not for the decree. So to move on three generations, of course that's okay. Amir of Nachman of Rakhon says, Gerim Hayovasa Liyadon. Once a Ger, once a, once a Ger converts, name of Umosa, I'm going to tell you something about Gerim. Ochim Menaim Layaidu. Fascinating. Two brothers who are not Jewish and then they convert. Are they allowed to testify in a Bezdin together? Or can they testify against each other? Can they testify for each other? Are they, accept, are they considered related as far as testimony is concerned? Fascinating Shiloh. Vim Heidu, Eidu son Eidus. And if they, he, he says, listen, really, you don't take their edus. But if they did it, it's accepted. Because really, they're not related. But if they're only paternal brothers, they could give edus lechatchila. Ideally, they share the same father, same non-Jewish father. And they both convert. They could testify together in a Jewish court. You're not related. says, Let me tell you something. Even maternal brothers lechatchila are allowed to, um, are allowed to uh, testify. Why would testimony be any different than Arias? Ervala called Masura. Because listen, Arias applies to everybody. But testimony only applies inside of a Bezdin. So who cares? Who cares? So let's, we, we have to explain this on our own. You know who cares? When everybody's involved in marriage and uh, you know, uh, relationships, then it's confusing for people. It's very confusing. Uh, beforehand, you were allowed to your, you were not allowed to your sister. Now you are. Beforehand, you're not brothers. You are, but too confusing when it comes to Arias. Therefore, they're abundant put their foot down. He says, but inside of a court where it's very controlled, everything's under the tutelage of the Rabbanon. It's under rabbinic supervision. Therefore, there's less concern of confusion and people make mistakes. And therefore, we will accept their testimony inside of a court. We're not concerned about confusion. And we know that a ger that divorces is like a katan shenelad, is like a newborn child, and therefore, really, the halacha, they should be allowed to testify about each other. Now, I just want to make a, a point. I know we have to move along over here, but I know, uh, just make a point. It's interesting that brothers from a mother, there's more of a reason, two, two uh, men convert to Judaism from the same mother. There was more reason to say 
that they should not be allowed to testify. More than paternal brothers. Why? Why is a mother, through a mother more related? This has a lot of practical ramifications because the same mother is, we know, is a vadai. It's for sure. If two babies come out of a mother's belly, we know she's the mother. A father, you don't know for sure. Even la How did you know your father's really your father? Not because you know. You don't know. You know how you know? Because there's a rule. Rov be'ilos hochen Most times that a woman has intercourse, has relations, it's going to be with her husband. So if a woman gives birth, there's an assumption the baby came from the husband. That's how you know your father's your father. Not because you know for sure. Chazaka. That's it. It's chazaka. It's a status. But you know for sure it's your mother. You came out of her body. Which interestingly, when you daven for a chola, somebody who's ill, and you need a certain refuah, you mention the mother's name. Because that's certain. That's certainly where the lineage is coming from. So that's the svara, that's the logic we're playing it over here. We're saying, listen, two brothers from the same mother maybe is not allowed to testify even if they convert. But from the same father, of course they're allowed to testify. The other opinion says, listen, everybody who converts is like a cut in Shanailad, and bottom line is, no matter what, you're allowed to testify inside of a court even when you share the same mother. Period. Enter that Gemara. Beautiful. Says the Mishnah. Here we go. A person who has a brother Mikol Makom in any place. The Gemara is going to explain to us what Mikol Makom means. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to explain to us even a type of brother that's not a legitimate child. Okay? Came, my brother, but from, came out of my mother from a forbidden relationship. Or my, we'll see. Mother or father, we'll see what it is. Okay. So I need brother. What happens? So. He's going to be Zakuk, his brother's wife, for Yibam. Okay, so listen, this is interesting. If your brother who's, the Gemara is going to tell us it's a mamzer, okay? It's one of the cases. So, so um, the Gemara is going to say, listen, um, if you have a brother who's a mamzer that dies without children, all right? So is there Yibam? Is there Yibam? Says the Mishnah, yes. Zaykek es achiv If a mamzer dies childless, his wife is going to fall to Yibam to his brother. And they are considered brothers. Fine. Except if your brothers, if your brother is the child of a non-Jewish woman. So in other words, your paternal brothers, you both share a Jewish father. But your father, your, your father's, you, you know, your, your brother has a non-Jewish mother. So then, he's not Jewish. So obviously, there's no, there's no yibum, there's no chalitza. Mishiyesh le'ben mikomakom, a person who has a child of any kind. Also, we're going to see exactly what a ben mikomakom. It's all going to be situations where it's, there's a lack of legitimacy here. Okay, Paiter eshes avim and a yibum. He's going to pater his father's wife from yibum. Meaning, meaning, if let's say. Um, a man dies and the only child he left in the world is a mamzer. Is there yibum on the wife? A man had a mamzer and then he marries a, a woman. And he dies. Is the mamzer considered to be a child or do we still say, no, this man died childless? Okay? Interesting shite. So we say, there, there's no yibum. 
And this child is also Chayav Misa for wounding or cursing out his father. is considered a son in all matters. Interesting. If let's say you have a guy who has a non-Jewish child. He had relations with a, with a non-Jewish woman. He intermarried or whatever. And then he had a son. And then he married a Jewish woman and died childless. The only child he left in the world is a non-Jewish child. Guess what? There's still Yibam and Chalitza. Okay? Still, he did not leave, but childless means you leave behind a Jewish child. Leave behind a non-Jewish child? Fascinating mission, incredible. Now listen to this Gemara, it's going to be amazing, amazing stuff. What does it mean, a brother of any kind exempts from Yibam? If your brother's a Mamzer, he dies childless, boom. One second. Is that a Chiddush? If your brother who's a Mamzer dies, without a kid, you need to do Yibam or Chalitza? Says the Gemara, Pshita, Achavu. Yeah, Mamzer's still considered your brother. Why would I think otherwise? Says the Gemara, no, let's go back to the source. Why are paternal brothers Chayav and Yibam? How do we know it goes through the father? Remember? The Shvatim, the children of Yaakovin. Remember the word Achim? We had Xer Shava from Yibum to the Shvatim, to the sons of Yaakov. And they were all legitimate. So it says the Gemara Ma'otim, I would have thought to say, Leilav Achva Achom, maybe learn out brother, brother from the Shvatim. Ma'along Sherem Vibzum, just like over there, they were paternal brothers and they were all legitimate. That's when you have Yibum. Avkang Sherem Vibzum. I would say also, the only time you have Yibum is when all the paternal brothers here are legitimate children. Kamash Malang comes along the Mishnah with a Chiddush and says, no. All you're learning out from the word of the Shvatim, of Achim, is that they're paternal brothers. But they don't need to all be legitimate paternal brothers. You need to be Jewish. But once you're Jewish, that's enough to obligate Yibam. Says Gemara, how do you know? Maybe you talk need to be legitimate children, like the Shvatim. How do you know that? Says Gemara, since when it comes to a Mamzer. Uh, yeah, that's right. Since when it comes to a mamzer by yibum, miftar nifter, so the he's going from the fact that he's born, he's going to potter up the father's wife from yibum. Says the Gemara, top of tomorrow, it's, uh, to top. I'm sorry, top of chafbeis uh, amidbeis, mizkak nami zokak. The same way, if your brother died and he left a mamzer in the world, is there going to be yibum on his wife? No. Because the Maisa, he left behind a Mamzer. Therefore, you see that this Mamzer himself is inclu- doesn't change anything as far as Hilchas Yibam are concerned, that even if your brother is, himself is a Mamzer, or your brother's child is a Mamzer, also the Halachas of Yibam are going to remain in place. Mamish, fascinating, beautiful. All right, two dots. Top line of Chav Beis Amad Beis. Vachav Hulachol Dover. This, uh, the, uh, the Nifter, and the Yavam are considered complete brothers. The Mayhokasa, as far as which halacha, liyarsha, litamilai, as far as, as yarshining, uh, everything that his brother had, um, and being metame to him. You're allowed to go to his funeral. If you have a brother who's a mamzer, you're allowed to be metame to him if he's a kayin. Says Gemara, Pshita Akhivu, mamzer's a brother. Why would I have thought otherwise? Says Gemara, no. So I would have thought to say, Hi, Luxif, since it says in the puzzle, the Kayin's letter only become puzzle to a relative that is close to him. The Yamar what is Sheira Zu Ishtai, referring to uh, um, uh, his wife at the time. Uksiv, and it says, a husband amongst his people is not allowed to go to make it chal, to desecrate, which teaches me, I would think, there are, there are certain husbands that are allowed to be metame to his wife, and then there are husbands that are not allowed to go to his wife's Leviah. 
Haketzar. So how does it work? When is a husband who's a Kayan allowed to go to his wife's Leviah? And when is a husband who's a Kohen not allowed to go to Leviah? So here we go. Says the Gemara. If the woman who you were married to was kosher, so then you're allowed to be metame. They metame lishtai psula. You're not allowed to be metame to a wife who was possible. Meaning, if you have a Kohen who marries a divorcee, is she his wife? Yeah. But if she dies, you're not allowed to attend her funeral. You are not allowed to be married to her. You're not allowed to attend her funeral. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of the opposite. But there's a cute little joke about an old an old spinster, an old spinster that was writing her will. She was writing her will, and she wrote in her will only only uh, her her best girlfriends are allowed to be pallbearers. So they said, you know, usually, usually it's men. She says, they didn't take me out when I was alive. They ain't taking me out when I'm dead. <laughs> All right. Here we go. All right. So just because, the, I don't know how that popped into my head. But uh, just because a Kayan marries her when uh, it, it was bepuzzled, so that's not an excuse to go attend her funeral. That's not an excuse to go attend her funeral. Hachanami sotu over here, metame hula ach kosher. The Kayan's allowed to be metame to a ach kosher, vena metame la ach pasal. I would think, listen, if he's a, your illegitimate brother, meaning he was a mamzer, you're not allowed to be metame to him, kamash malon. Comes along the Gemara and teaches me that no, a Kohen is allowed to be metame, allowed to attend the Leviah and be metame himself to his brother who's a mamzer. Says the Gemara, how do you know that? Vema hachanami. Maybe he's talking not allowed, the same way a Kayan's not allowed to be metame to to his puzzle wife, maybe a, a Kohen's not allowed to be Matami to his puzzle brother. Says Gemara, no, Hasam Lafuki Kaima, Hacha Achivhu. I'll tell you why. Because when it comes to marriage, so listen, this Kohen who married this divorcee, he should have gotten rid of her. Just because you married her is not an excuse to stay with her. So we say, listen, since at some point you should have divorced her, she's never considered fully your wife. Because she's always, La Halacha has one foot out the door. Because you're supposed to divorce her. You're supposed, he, he's supposed to. But a brother, any way to break a bond with your brother who's a mamzer? No, a brother is a brother is a brother as well. You can't divorce your brother. It is what it is. And Mamela, therefore, you're allowed to be metame. Two dots, beautiful. Now, if somebody has a brother who's not Jewish, okay, then there's no yibo. My time. Says a, a beautiful, beautiful limud, and this is the source why Judaism follows the mother. What's the halacha? We just had this a few weeks ago in the in the Taira Gishmak by Eved Ivri. So what happens if you have an Eved Ivri? The halacha is you're allowed to have your Eved Ivri have relations with your Shifcha Kananis. A Jewish servant is allowed, you're allowed to have, have relations with At the end of six years, what does the Torah say? He goes out, but his wife and kids remain. Now, if his children are Jewish, you're not allowed to keep them. A Jew is never allowed to stay past the six years. From the fact that the, the children of the Shivcha Kananis remain with the master is a proof they're not Jewish. So you see that, here's the, there's the source. How do you know Judaism follows the mother? From Evidivri. So a man who marries the Shivcha Kananis, yeah, and they have a child. You're not related to that child. You're not related. Pasha, how do you know? Evidently, beautiful. Okay.
Two dots, huh? No, I didn't know that's the same. Yeah, there you go. Gishmak. Mm-hmm. If, you have, if you have a son of, if your brother has a son of any kind, there's not going to be any Yibam on his wife. What does any kind mean? What is it coming to include? If your brother has a son who's a mamzer and then he dies, there's no Yibam on his wife. My time, why not? He doesn't have a son. And guess what? Ayin lai. It's see it, what it's letting me know is you should look inside the situation. Ayin to be my ayin to look in depth as to what's going on. Okay, what does that mean? That you have to clarify the circumstances about it. But once it's clarified that this kid is Jewish, meaning, and you've been my ayin and you've checked out that there is a Jewish child here. Okay, otherwise, why are you being my ayin? What are you What are you looking for? You're looking. You're looking to see any type of child. Once there's any type of Jewish child, there's no Yibam. Beautiful. And this child is obligated, this, this, this kid who's a mamzer, if he hits his father or curses him out, is going to be Chayav Misa. Amai. Why is he going to be Chayav Misa? It says that a Nasi, a leader of your people, you're not allowed to curse. But Isa, Maisa, Amcha, is talking about somebody who, who acts, does actions of Maisa Amcha, very Gishmak, says the Gemara, beautiful Kasha. Listen to this. I want to give a little preface. When it comes to the transgression of Lashon Hara, it says, Lo Rachel Ba'amecha, do not peddle Rachilus amongst your nation. And the, we darshan that means amongst people who act like your nation. If somebody's a Russia, you don't have that transgression. Ask the Gemara, we find this word also, by cursing the nasi ba'amcha. When somebody acts like a yid, then you're not allowed to curse them out. Ask the Gemara, this mamzer's father, is he acting like a yid? No. You look who he's having relations with. So if your father's not acting like a yid, he's not acting like a, what a yid is supposed to do, why is it forbidden to curse out his father? Says the Gemara, Kedomar of Pinchas, the of Papa, Ba'isa Tshuva. Maybe you're valid Tshuva. Shkayach, you're a mamzer. But guess what? You're now uh, 13 years old. You're 20 years old. And that was 13 years ago. Your father made a mistake. He did tshuva. Hachanami, because I said tshuva. Okay, so when a father did tshuva, his kids are talking to be chayev for hitting him. The high bar tshuva who says the Gemara, can you do tshuva when you have a mamzer? We learned this earlier in the Masechta. What is Shlomo Melech mean when he, re- when he lists the Pasuk of things that are twisted, cannot be straightened out? This is, if you have a mamzer, you can never take that back. So you see there are certain things you can't do tshuva for. Says the Gemara, wrong. You cannot change the mamzer's status, but lemaisa you could do tshuva and start acting like a yid again. Can you really ever undo that action? No, you can never really undo that action. But you know something? You can move on with your baggage, with the with the child who's a mamzer. Yes, that's going to stay, but you could still keep going. Beautiful message in life. Just because you slipped and you slipped big time does not mean you throw in the towel. You can still do tshuva. You now act like a yid, gevaldik. Your child now or anybody is going to be forbidden to hit, to curse, and you're considered like a full-fledged, uh, full-fledged yid. A person who has relations with his sister. And the way she is your sister is because she is your, the daughter of your father's wife. Okay. Now, 
Chayev Mishum Achoyse Mishum Bas Eishes Aviv. She'll be Chayev because of Achoyse and because she's the daughter of your father's wife. So she has two, basically, we're giving a situation where she has two Arias. Okay? Um... No, there's one transgression of and she, and she, it's not a transgression of being the daughter of your father's wife. Says the What is the reason for the Rabbanon, the Tanakama, who tells me that you're obligated on both? Says the Gemara, Amri, they said, Michti, let's see, You're not let her reveal the nakedness of your sister, the daughter of your father, the daughter of your mother. The nakedness of the daughter of your father's wife, born from your father's house, he, she's your sister. Why do you got to say that again? To add, uh, to, to add an obligation. She's still going to remain to you with two transgressions. For Beisri Bar Yehuda, and what about Beisri Bar Yehuda who says no? There's only one transgression of Achaisai. Amar Kra Achaischahu Mishum It means at the end of the day, granted, there's two Arias that can kick in. However, bottom line is we, the only one that remains once you have two is the fact that she's your sister. Mishum Bas Bas Eishes You're not going to obligate because of being the daughter of your father's wife. For Rabbanon, what about the Rabbanon? The Rabbanon say Hi Achaischahi Mai of Yulei Classic Gemara style. We're just going to keep going back and forth now. Till the bottom of the Amr, okay? And we're going to say, what's the reason for Rabbi Yaisi who says one transgression, what's the reason for the Rabban who say two, and what are they doing with each other's verses? So here we go. For Rabban, hi, achaischa hi, my abdile. What do they do, what do the Rabban do with achaischa he? Because they hold that there's still two transgressions, right? So achaischa he seems to imply only one. No. They needed to obligate somebody for having relations with a sister who's a complete sister, even if, even if it wasn't through marriage. To tell us that you can't make a kavachimer uh, to, to create a hazhar. Okay, now there's times, what this means is, there's certain times where, um, if the Torah doesn't say something straight out, you can make a kavachimer say, oh, if you have a lighter transgression, this is what happens. A oh, stronger transgression is kavachimer, how much more so? So I would say, listen, by a half-sister, you're obligated. Certainly a full sister, even if it's, even if it's out of marriage, even if it's out of wedlock, you certainly be chayev. No, I need a special pasuk, to teach me that even so, you can't make a kavachayma when it comes to warnings and punishments. Rabbi Yisib Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yisib Rabbi Yehuda is going to say back, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, and Rabbi Yehuda is going to, yeah, is going to say, um, Cain, if that's talk of the reason, if that's talk of the, the source, okay, to tell me that you're obligated for living with your, your sister who comes from your father and mother even when they were married. <coughs> Should have said your sister. He, Lamali. Why did it say he? To tell me, one. For Rabbanon, what are the Rabbanon going to respond? Again, the Rabbanon who say that it's one. Who say, the Rabbanon Talikam who says it's two transgressions. They're going to say, even though it says your brother is Shechli Mechtav, he. So need to say he. Why? Maybe I would say that in other places, we are Mazir Minadin. We are going to use the Kavachimer to create a Azhar, to create a warning. And if so, why do you got to say Achaischa? And therefore, Kosav Rachmanahi. I would say that sometimes, even when you could learn something out from a Kavachimer, the Torah goes out of its way to write it anyway. Therefore, the Torah says, He, the word He, lets me know that uh, if there's a woman, who has the same father and same mother, but, the, but your father and mother were not married at the time that they had that daughter, you know why she's ushered to you? Because the Xeras HaKosov, 
not because of the Kavachaymer. It's straight out of a Pasuk. Rabbi Rabbi Huda, and what's Rabbi Huda going to say back to the Rabbanon? He's going to say, Im Kain, if that's Taka the Sfarer, to teach me uh, the Chiddush of your sister who was born to your parents when they weren't married, it could have said in the other Pasuk as well, meaning when a person has relations with yeah, but uh, but um, it, it should have, it should have been said in the other pasuk, and the fact that it said over here, he's sticking to his guns. Bottom line is, bottom line is, each one's got their backing. We know exactly why they have a problem with the other one, svara, and they're abundant hold. There's going to be two transgressions, and Rabbi Yisroel Rabbi is going to hold. There's one trans. Uh, there's one transgression. Okay, says the Gemara. Rabbi Yisroel Rabbi high bas eishes of avicha my avdili. What does Rabbi Yisroel Rabbi do with bas eishes avicha? Because it seems to imply there's additional transgression, but according to him, there's only one. So why do you got to write that in the Torah? He needs those words for We're talking about when um, the there was ishus, there was marriage la to her father ba with which she came about, meaning her mother was married to her father prat which excludes a sister. From a shivcha and in a vedas kaychav, okay. Meaning she's your sister, but she was um, she was born from the same father, but her mother was a shivcha kananis or a non-Jew. If your if her if your father were to marry a non-Jew, is that a marriage? No, there's no such thing as intermarriage. It's not called a marriage. If your father is to marry a shivcha, is it a marriage? No. And therefore, it's excluding your sister. If your sister's born from the same father, but she has a, she has a non-Jewish mother or a shivcha, so then it's talking out a problem. Maybe it's coming to exclude an achaisai from somebody who your father violated. That can't be the case. Me, the rubber because of rubber. The rubber, rubber, rubber has a contradiction. We learned this Gemara. Let's, it's going to take us to, to the end, just another minute or two. It says in the Pasuk, the nakedness of your grand, of the, of your granddaughter through your son, or your granddaughter through the, through your daughter. But what about, um, her own son's daughter, or her, Granddaughter through her daughter, her daughter's daughter. Sorry, it seems going to be allowed. Uksiv, and it says ervas ishu bita leisigala as bas benav as bas bita. How do these two psukim uh, figure out? In one place, it seems to imply it's okay, okay, and the other place, it seems to imply it seems to say pretty specifically that it's aser. So, what do you say? Kan beinsin, kan benesuin. Where do we say that it's going to be allowed? That's when they were granddaughters from the father through a violation and through an honest, through a rape. He forced it. So then, uh, so then there's, uh, rubber holes. You don't have the transgression. But if you have where the, the father had a complete marriage to the wife, so then the grandchild is still going to be considered a full-fledged grandchild. And that's when it's going to be usher. So the Gemara is basically saying is something which we came across earlier. And that is, you can have grandchildren of somebody, of a woman, but if she's been violated, that, that allows the relationship, uh, at least according to Rava, more than if there was a full-fledged marriage. Okay, we're now up to the top of Daf of Gimel Amad Aleph, and we will pick up from here tomorrow evening, Be'ezras Hashem, at 6 o'clock. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.